I'm Cheryl Roush, helping you speak and market like a pro, and you're listening to Speakers on Speaking with Antoine Lincoln. You can love what you do, but bottom line, it's a business. Starts with mindset, skill set, and tool set. You've got to be serious about this craft. You got to have the passion, got to have the topic, got to have an audience. Wow, yes, this is what I am meant to be doing. Welcome to Speakers on Speaking, a podcast for aspiring speakers looking to learn from today's professional speakers in the speaking business. And on today's show, we have Cheryl Rausch. So get ready to listen, learn, and launch your speaking career on Speakers on Speaking. Welcome to another episode of Speakers on Speaking, episode four. In today's show, it's about how do you get yourself noticed? How do you become one in a million? How do you make sure that meeting planners know who they're buying, know who they're getting? And that starts off with marketing. And to understand marketing, we have none other than my good friend, Cheryl Rausch, a good friend from way back when, to help me, to help you understand what you need to do to market your business as a speaking professional. So I'm excited to have Cheryl here. I'm excited that you are here, but before you get started with this interview, make sure like always that we understand that we're here to listen, to learn, and to make sure that you have the right tools to learn, to understand exactly where she's going. Log on to speakersonspeaking.com, click on Cheryl's speaker page, and go right down to the SOS section, the section that's designed to support you and get those questions because those are the questions that were going through my head as I was interviewing my good friend, Cheryl Rausch. So are you ready? Are you ready to listen to an awesome guest? Are you ready to learn from an awesome guest? And are you ready to launch? Well, if that's the case, you're gonna love this show on Speakers on Speaking. Cheryl, how are you doing? Oh, fabulous, Antoine. Oh, my gosh. It's a great day to be a speaker. I'm so glad you said that. I'm so glad you actually said yes to this interview because I've been watching you from a distance. And my audience should know when I was a Toastmaster up in L.A., Cheryl was the guru for our Toastmaster clubs. And she came around with the resources and the knowledge that she had around marketing yourself as a speaker. So I want to thank you very much for taking time out of your busy schedule to, to talk to my audience, the aspiring speakers, specifically on your journey and the expertise that you bring to the speaking platform. Thank you. You're welcome. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Tell, actually, tell the audience about yourself. I know who you are. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Growing up as a kid, I always wanted to be an artist, and I didn't know what that would look like. Then going into elementary school, learned that I loved graphic design, Went in, made my degrees in commercial art, in graphic design, started my first business when I was 16. So this is something that I've always had, Printers Inc. in my blood. And my passions merged when I joined Toastmasters because I really found how much I love speaking, even though it just scared me to tears. Mm. No, no kidding. And pulling it together for marketing. So today I help people on how to speak and market like a pro. My two passions have merged and created a business out of it. So how did you get into speaking? Because clearly you just didn't start off speaking. How did you actually launch yourself into the speaking career? 
Oh, gosh, thanks. Well, even going back farther into my childhood, I was painfully shy. And then I don't know what I was thinking, but in high school, I was commissioner of pep, which meant leading the pep rallies with 2,000 people in the gymnasium. And I remember crying and nervous stomach, not eating for three days in advance. You know what that's like when you're getting ready to give a presentation. Well, jump forward 11 years later, being a business owner, I went to Chamber of Commerce networking events, and I met a woman by the name of Mary Porter here in San Diego. And she invited me to some type of program, I guess it was the next week. Being a business owner, she said, what are your greatest challenges? And I said, well, I'm giving my employees feedback. And then I need to go to these networking things and give a self-introduction. And I'm just petrified of doing that. Well, the program that I went to the next week in Toastmasters is called a Speechcraft program. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how that would change my life, but boy, it sure did. Gave my icebreaker. I cried for the entire six and a half (laughs) minutes, and it it was an Oprah ugly cry. I got to tell you, there are still members of my club who were there and remember it. 19 Oz, and I thought, well, if I'm going to be anything in life, business owner or whatever, I need to clean up my communication skills. And been a member now of Toastmasters, gosh, since 1987, that makes this year 29 years. And I realized what I wanted to speak about through what I didn't want to speak about and started honing my niche. So my area of expertise is in graphic design, marketing, printing, and photography. In Toastmasters, then, I started offering design workshops, helping other people design their newsletters, brochures, and flyers, Mm -hmm. regardless of whatever type of program that they were on, and then hosted design workshops inside my graphic design studios. And one of the people I was coaching at that time, Mary Ellen Drummond, also a fellow Toastmaster, encouraged me to write a book since I was helping her write hers. And I created my first book in 1991, and now there's, you know, 16 more that followed it. And I've, I'm right here in San Diego, raised, native, based in, absolutely love it. And I would say became a professional speaker, seriously committed to the business in 1990, and hanging out at National Speakers Association chapters really helped me understand that speaking is a business. Hmm. You can love what you do, but bottom line, it's a business. So it sounds like your Toastmaster experience really laid the foundation for your speaking, but you just alluded to the NSA. It laid the foundation to your business the business component of your speaking um, desire. Is that correct? Yes, it did. Because then, well, Toastmasters helped me polish off the rough edges to learn structure, to know how to break structure effectively, especially as an inspirational or motivational speaker, Mm -hmm. and how to bring in training even into keynotes and vice versa. Because as a speaker, you need to do several different things, including platform speaking and training, small group facilitation. If you're going to be effective, you need to have multiple streams of income and to have different levels to your business, which today that might be, for instance, in my speaking, I do teleseminars, webinars, podcasts and interviews like your program, still keynote at conferences and offering seminars plus boot camps and retreats. Wow. So your skill set is more than just a keynote speaker. Yes. And I started as a trainer, teaching people how-tos, as in how to design dynamic newsletters, how to sparkle when you speak, how to speak like a pro. 
Wow. So your platform was pretty much an how-to expert. You you would find the area of need and you would develop a presentation around that. Is that correct? Yes. And what's interesting as we talk more about marketing and why that's so important for our listeners is that people are, well, meeting planners are looking for people who can help solve their problems, even as a consultant or a coach. What are the problems that you can solve? And that's how you get hired. So keynote presentations can be a motivational message with still, here's how to and how to apply this in your life. That's a big transference of skills. And it starts with mindset, skill set, and tool set. Wow. Mindset, skill set, and tool set. That is, that's tweetable. That's tweetable, which is <laughs> what is part of the marketing, which you, you, you talk about. Now, I know you're busy. I know that you are not an aspiring speaker. You are doing the work. You are the people or you are a person that a lot of people, when they Google professional speakers, your name comes up. So with that being said, why did you agree to an interview like this? Well, first of all, I support you and your business and your aspirations. So because it's you, you, the answer is yes. <laughs> and I'm all about the mentorship. When I started this business, other than the National Speakers Association, who were very high-level, high-paid speakers who may or may not have time for little old me, a little fish in the big pond of things, I would have loved to have had more mentorship back then. Mm -hmm. So this interview, I see that it's a service to help accelerate people's growth, to help give them some insights into what are you getting into, and to mentor them along the way. So I'm all about how can we accelerate your growth in this industry if this is for you. you know, and I'm, I don't mean you, Antoine, but for, for listeners, you've got to be serious about this craft. Hmm. It's the masters that make it look so easy, and we sit back and go, oh, yeah, I can do that. Well, there's there's a lot of effort that goes into this business of speaking. Got to have the passion, got to have the topic, got to have an audience. So if I can help through this interview is to drop a few pearls along that path, that's why I'm here. Awesome. Well, thank you again for your time. So here's a question that I have for you. Out of all the careers to have with your skill set, why speaking? Because speaking is a very difficult profession to get into, one, and two, to sustain as the market changes and shifts and things are definitely um, moving along. Why speaking? Mm. Thank you. And that's so true, which is also a reason why we need to keep reinventing ourselves, those of us who have been in an industry for 30 years. For me, why speaking, my personal mission is to make a global impact. When I looked at what that looked like, it meant traveling, it meant global outreach. And I started, you know, three decades ago when we really didn't have internet and international travel. And today we have all of these other means that we can, we can do that. But why not speak to larger groups of people if it's the same message? And help inspire the masses at the same time. Mm -hmm. For 35 years, you've been on this mission to make an impact globally. What do you contribute your career to, your longevity to? Well, I would have to say reinventing yourself, paying attention to the market, updating my own skills, rekindling my mindset, skill set, and tool set, and it, 
adapting to what am I authentically aligned with. There are topics that when I first started speaking in Toastmasters, testing out the different topic areas, I realized, wow, this is something I do in my life, but not anything I should be speaking on. Goal <laughs> setting, being, you know, time management being two of those topics. There right. are professionals that that's their niche, and I can learn from them. That longevity, though, is find a lane and stay in it. I like what you said when you were going through the Toastmaster experience. You were testing speeches. You were testing content. And it seems like you, you, you had an epiphany that even though I'm very proficient at delivering this presentation, I'm not convincing because I'm not living this presentation. Is there a difference between presenting and living a presentation? I do. I, I think that we need to be in full alignment with what it is that we're teaching because speaking is a high level of service. As a speaker, we are serving an audience and audiences are sharper than ever about if someone's aligned with who they are or what they are saying. And if they're not, so for instance, if I'm, if I'm observing a speaker who is overweight, perhaps even obese and speaking on fitness, I would challenge that credibility. Mm-hmm. And I know for me, living a life of passion, I just released 35 pounds myself. And it's like, okay, I want to be truly more joyful in what it is that I'm doing. And by trimming down, I have more energy, more passion to be doing what I'm doing. So, yes. How do you, how do you measure your success as a speaker? What do you use to say, okay, I'm doing the work? What, do you, what are your indicators of success? You know, when I first started, it was the first paid engagement because before then I was speaking for free everywhere, which is a good thing to do, especially in in working the Toastmasters program and speaking out of the advanced manuals. So my first paid presentation was a commencement presentation at a graduation at a fashion institute here in San Diego. And I remember I got paid $750 for a 35 or 45 minute keynote. And I was having so much fun. I didn't think that I should be paid for that. And it took me, it, it took me a couple months to cash that check. I, I'm serious. And I took a fellow Toastmaster with me, got credit for an advanced manual presentation, received his feedback. And it, today I don't have any issue, ca- you know, cashing the checks. I'm okay with that. But I think when I first realized that when groups outside of Toastmasters wanted me to speak and for a paid fee, it built my confidence. Then testimonials would come in from those groups and audience members and then referrals. So in, in the marketing plan of things, when there's more inbound than there is outbound efforts, I think that that's a, a great way to start measuring what your success is. Mm-hmm. And the, another great one is repeat business. When, for instance, the, well, there's two that I can think of right off the top of my head. The San Diego Charger cheerleaders, been coaching them for 15 consecutive years now in their public speaking and TV, radio, media interview skills. Another one, I'm starting my 11th year with San Diego Zoo Global teaching management 
leadership communication skills programs. So to have yearly contracts like that, that speaks volumes to, yes, you're doing the right thing, and yes, we want you back. So when people ask you to come back again, great measure of your success, especially early on. And then getting paid and getting paid more and getting paid more and more and more. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's always a good thing. you got to keep the lights on. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what else I did, Antoine? I would count up how many presentations that I gave each year. Mm. And, and I still do that because I want to see what's my level of service. So at one point, it was 120 full-day seminars in eight countries and, and all of that, and dedicated specifically to graphic design, marketing, and, and printing, publishing, that now, even though I may do half of that, my fee is higher I have greater work-life balance. That's another way to measure success. Where, and for me, it was not working for someone else. Hmm. It was having the freedom of my own schedule. And these days, it's now, do I say yes or refer the speaking engagement to a colleague? You know, when you, when you, you, when you, gave, those an- when you gave that answer, and I was listening to your answers, you gave a lot of quantitative data. Data that's based on numbers, how many events I had, how much money I was making, which is all great in terms of indicating success. But what about the qualitative data in terms of the quality of lives that you were affecting? Do you measure that? In other words, how did you know in all of the, in all of the speaking engagement that you were having, how did you know? When did you find out that, wow, what I'm doing is affecting lives? Mm. You know... When you're with an audience and you are connecting heart to heart, they laugh, they cry. You can see the ahas as it lights up their face. Standing ovations are another measure of how well have you touched that audience. The line up after your presentation when people want to come and meet you and share with you individually one-on-one, wow, you had no idea how I needed to hear that today. Or their story of, I wasn't going to come today, but boy, I am so glad I did. I needed to hear this. Afterward, the the thank you cards, people popping emails and and notes, from the feelings that I have when I know that I've made a profound impact, I feel personally fulfilled, Mm. honestly. And it's for me, it's more so than the paycheck. When I know that I have connected to bring out the best in someone else, to help them bring out their brilliance, to, to touch inside of themselves, to rekindle that spirit, I feel incredibly fulfilled. When you're in your zone and you know that you're doing what you are meant to be doing, Mm -hmm. there's no dollar amount that you can put on that level of connection, that level of service. You know, the feelings of joy and passion and commitment that you, it's like, wow, yes, this is what I am meant to be doing. That there's no doubt in your mind or your heart. The best thing about what you just said, and you even started this, the the conversation off with it's the heart that you're touching. If you know anything about Cheryl, she's got some awesome resources on her, on her website, CherylRalsh.com. The heart of a Toastmaster book, the heart of a woman in business, heart of a woman, heart of a mother book, heart of a military woman, woman. So you, you've definitely 
are a person that lives your presentation and you share what you're living with us as the audience. So you're doing a great job uh, living that story. Thank you. And writing to that story, obviously. So let's get into your expertise. As I know, you you can definitely wow the audience with your presentation skills, but you are also a marketing expert, specifically a speaker marketing expert. And if you don't know, I still use that one sheet that you created for me. Uh, I would have to say ten years ago, but let's let me let me let me qualify that. I've changed some things on there. I've 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 made some progress in my speaking career, but. I remember that day myself and another gentleman, Chris Gregory, and I reached out to you and I said, I need a one cheese. Well, you know, Cheryl does that. And you did a fantastic job questioning me, inquiring about me, and then helping me design me so that I can pass out a one cheese. So with that being said, what is marketing? Wow. You know, <laughs> as, what is marketing? You know, I would say that it's an outreach of announcing what it is that you do, who you are, the problems that you solve, so that you can connect with those audiences, those meeting planners, those organizations that need you, that they're looking for a match. You know, we, we need to consistently get the word out because if we don't, the business could really close, mm-hmm. you know, whether it be for the dollars for the prosperity or marketing to support your cause. It's a, it's a constant effort. And yes, it may be changing. Just as you said, with that one sheet, it needs to evolve. And so does all of our marketing and with the new vehicles, because there's both online and offline and how to market today. We need to be everywhere we can possibly be to be found. I think the greatest compliment that I've been given recently by a PR expert out of National Speakers Association was she says, oh, my gosh, Cheryl, I see you everywhere. That's true. That's what when marketing is working, you are seen everywhere and that people think of you as top of mind. You are the subject matter expert. Top of mind. That's when you know. Top of mind. Top of mind. Mm -hmm. So, Antoine, as an example, what do you want to be known for in your speaking? It's a great question. Um, Right now, I'm in the education market. So my platform is helping schools integrate technology effectively. So that's what I want to be known for. Okay. Bingo. Got it. So then all of your marketing needs to align with exactly that. Mm -hmm. So everything that you do and in basic marketing for speakers, there's, I would say, 10 different things. So here's a whole bunch of pearls out of this treasure chest. We need to have topics of interest and are in demand. Anything regarding technology? Absolutely. Education? Absolutely. Number two on the list is a speaker business card. So not just a business card for everything else, but a professionally designed speaker business card where it says professional speaker. If it just says speaker, people may say, oh, you speak for free. (laughs) (laughs) And third on this list is a speaker website. Mm -hmm. So if you're serious, you need to be found. And then fourth are the speaker one sheets. That's what you were just talking about. Number five is that you need an email of your domain name. So, for instance, Cheryl at CherylRoush.com. Bingo. You can find me. You know, number six would be a fee schedule. Unless you are speaking pro bono, showcase, 
nonprofit where you're speaking to support the cause and that you don't charge for your presentations, you need to have a fee schedule. Mm-hmm. So how many minutes, what program type, what's the fee? Half day, full day, multiple days, a fee schedule. That's one of the hardest things, by the way, for beginning speakers to create is how do they charge for doing something that they love to do? Mm-hmm. And the biggest issue here is that our self-esteem, our self-worth, doesn't allow us to say those fees. So it's, it's interesting. So number seven, mm-hmm. great content and polished delivery. Again, Toastmasters is the safest place to practice before you take it into the real world. Number eight, got to have a social media presence. Mm-hmm. So you see some of these are online, some of these are offline. Number nine are products. If you want to become a subject matter expert, you need to write a book. It doesn't say how long. It doesn't say it has to be printed. It can be an ebook or print on demand, and it's the easiest it's ever been in the history of publishing to become an author today. And finally, number 10 on the list of 10 are audiences. <laughs> so, <laughs> how's that one. for an overview? <laughs> yeah, well, it, it, you need to be found. Right. You need to be found. Right. The 10 things that you, you shared with me, obviously, they're not easy to develop. You don't just take a a day and just say, I'm going to develop these 10 things. How, how does a speaker, an inspiring speaker, begin that journey in developing, developing that speaking marketing platform? I would start with getting clarity on your speaking topics. Because from there, based on what problems do you solve, who needs it, where are they, where are those people with the problems, how do you reach them? Because it could be in different medium, online or offline. And why would they hire you? Hmm. So what's your expertise or your proven results? With thought into those big pearls, it's going to set you up for your marketing success. Because everything in marketing needs to be targeted to your ideal audience. The biggest mistake that... I- I made and most speakers make today is that we think, well, everybody needs this. And we do the shotgun type of approach or confetti. (laughs) And no, it's not, it's not effective. We cannot be the speaker for all needs, all reasons, all seasons, all topics. No, I started there though. And then I started honing down what topics do I feel closer in alignment with. You know, otherwise you're niching down to your area of expertise, correct? Yes, and you, you've got to be passionate and you've got to be credentialed. So when you're looking at new speakers, and I know in your business with your seminars and your books and your exposure to other Toastmasters and those within NSA, do you meet a lot of speakers who have a hard time with marketing themselves? I I do. I do. And I think that there's a few reasons why it's it's difficult for new speakers in creating their own marketing, for one thing, they're too close to it themselves. They can't see their own gifts. There's a lack of confidence in what they have to offer. And they don't know where to start. Mm. So then it's easy to get distracted, have lack of focus and lack of follow-through, and, and because it can feel very overwhelming. And often we're in silos. Individually, we are pretty much alone doing what we do. Yeah. We, you know, we speak out there on the road. We travel by ourselves. We are on the airplane often by our, 
by ourselves. We go into the hotel room, we're by ourselves. So it's imperative that we create community. Mm-hmm. And your your group, for one thing, creates a community. It offers a support system. Having a mastermind group. I coached a client yesterday on out of Canada on how to create a mastermind group with specific protocol and accountability. When And who do you attract into that? And how many people? And how often do you meet? We have to create a mastermind group or a think tank or a community for support. Right, right. And how can we continue to boost our skill set, tool set, and keep the mindset in alignment? You know, as you know, as I listen to your your pearls of wisdom, it's 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 a lot more than just saying I'm a good communicator. I'm a great communicator. It is, like you said, it is a business. Yes, it absolutely is a business. It's an industry. So with that being said, where do you think the industry is going, specifically marketing for speakers? Because it's not the same industry it was 15 years ago, 10 years ago. There are speakers who are doing things entirely different than they were back in 1987 when you started as a Toastmaster. Where's the industry going? Oh wow! Don't, don't hey hey. First of all, 1987 was a great year. So it was a year. <laughs> it was a year you started. So I'm so fortunate to have you here in 2016 to give me a a view of 1990, 1987 and where it's going. So <laughs> <laughs> that's true. And the industry has changed, and those who have changed with the industry mm. have that longevity that you mentioned previously. And it's interesting, I was contacted by the survey organization that National Speakers Association hired and interviewed by them, asking me where I thought that the industry was going and including in the next five years. Mm -hmm. So I remember that conversation that because they were asking, well, do you think that speaking will go primarily virtual? And I said, well, there's always yes and Audiences will always need to be able to touch the speaker, to be in the same room, to have that energy exchange. There was a lot of hoopla a few years ago about going only virtual, where movie theaters were being rented out, where audience was, would come into the movie theaters during off hours and a speaker would be teleconference video in to give a presentation, but you're not in the room with the speaker. So there was a lot of push for that, and I have not seen that one click in. Right. And I believe it's because we want that energy exchange, and you don't get that from virtual presentations. Now, virtual will always have its place. Increased teleseminars, webinars, Skype, go-to meetings, absolutely. And audiences will still want to be in the same room with the speaker. And in the next five years, I believe that more speakers will know, well, they will determine what their niche really is and that we will see higher levels of expertise where when we think of a topic or a problem that needs to be solved, we will have top of mind. Oh, that's on. Antoine Lincoln. Yeah, we, yeah, we need to hire him. He's the expert in that. And that's, that's what we want. So the direction that I would suggest that speakers do now to position themselves to take advantage of this new, this new direction is start now. Have a focus, pick a lane, become the subject matter expert. 
write a book or two or three or a series. What do you want to be known for? And focus all of your efforts into whatever that umbrella is. As an example, my umbrella is speak and market like a pro. Everything that I do falls under that umbrella or I don't do it. I refer it to a colleague. Does it have to do with speaking, speaking, coaching, marketing, marketing like a pro, writing? Is it in print, in person, in public? That, that's where I go, and I help people bring out their brilliance in those areas. It's not time management. It's not goal setting. I refer that to someone else. Someone else. It sounds mm-hmm. like you've clearly defined your line as a speaker, and that's helped you with your longevity. And your sanity, would you say? <laughs> <laughs> and, and staying rekindled yeah. to keep the spirit engaged in that, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Wow, this has been um, an amazing mini-seminar on how to market yourself as a speaker. Ten things that you've said, um, mastermind group, all of that. All of that is exactly what an aspiring speaker needs to really focus in on in order to have the longevity that you're having. So I want to th- I want to thank you for your 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 wisdom on that one. You're welcome. It's a pleasure to be of support and service. So do you have any parting thoughts for our aspiring speakers? I do. And my message to you is this. Believe in who you are. You have unique experiences, your stories, and your gifts. No one else has those. You are one of a kind. Put it together in a way that attracts your ideal audiences. What are the problems you can help them solve? What are their challenges? And how can you help them find hope in whatever it is that they do. Remember that speaking is a business and it's a service. And I believe that speaking is an extension of that love. And how can we align more authentically with it and share our gifts with the world? Well, that's, that's powerful. That's powerful. Cheryl, how can the community get in touch with you if they want to learn more about your resources and your services for aspiring speakers? Well, thank you. Reach out to me at CherylRoush.com. It's S-H-E-R-Y-L-R-O-U-S-H.com. You can email me at Cheryl at CherylRoush.com. If you're interested in coaching, check out speakandmarketlikeapro.com. And if you are a Toastmaster and you'd like one-on-one coaching, because I believe so much in the program, I extend a half-price discount for coaching. We can create your plan, help set your fees, review any of your presentations, your website, your marketing. I'm very intuitive in how I coach, and it is laser-focused. And it would be my privilege to work with you in helping bring out your brilliance. Michelle, once again, thank you very much for your time. And I look forward to the aspiring speakers who are listening to this podcast to reach out to you. Thank you, Antoine. Let's continue to mine those pearls. Amen, sister. Beyond speaking, it's about marketing. 
and Cheryl did a fantastic job letting us know exactly what we need to do and how we need to market our speaking business. I hope that you take the information that she shared with us and incorporate that into launching your speaking career. But I also hope that you reach out to Cheryl because this is what Speakers on Speaking is all about, connecting you to professional speakers to help you launch your career. And we're just getting started. We're just getting started and making sure that this becomes one of the awesome tools in your speaking tool bag. So keep listening and also go over to speakersonspeaking.com and find out who our next guest will be on Speakers on Speaking. Until then, my name is Antoine Lincoln and thank you for listening to Speakers on Speaking. Thank you for learning with Speakers on Speaking, but more importantly, thank you for launching with Speakers on Speaking.